Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. All right, it is that time again. Thank you for tuning in. It's good to be here today. I know you all are probably on your way to church right now. Anyway, I hope that's what you're doing right now. It is Sunday morning, and we are here today to just try to be a blessing. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry of the Liberty Baptist Church. And, you know, speaking of going to church, um, I had a joke I want to tell you. I haven't done one lately. But it says the pastor woke up Sunday morning, and realizing it was an exceptionally beautiful and sunny early spring day, he decided he just had to go play golf. You know, I hear what you're all thinking right now. You're thinking, how dare a pastor go golfing on Sunday morning? Well, if it's wrong for a pastor to go golfing on Sunday morning, it's bad for any Christian to go golfing Sunday morning. But anyway, beside the point. So he told the associate pastor that he was feeling sick. Oh, a pastor would lie about uh, missing church? Well, I guess it's wrong for church members too. It's wrong for a pastor too, but uh, anyway. So he told the associate pastor he was feeling sick and convinced him to preach for him that day. As soon as the associate pastor left the room, the pastor headed out of town to a golf course about 40 miles away. This way he knew he wouldn't accidentally meet anyone he knew from his church. Setting up on the first tee, he was alone. After all, it was Sunday morning and everyone else was in church at about this time. St. Peter, all of a sudden, leans over to the Lord while looking down from heaven and exclaimed, You're not going to let him get away with this, are you? The Lord sighed and said, No, I guess not. Just then, he hit the, he hit the ball and it shot straight towards the pin, dropping just short of it, rolled up and fell into the hole. It was a 435-yard hole-in-one. St. Peter was astonished. He looked at the Lord and asked, Why did you let him do that? The Lord smiled and replied, Who's he going to tell? Oh, thank you for that applause. I know I don't deserve it, but I will take it. Well, hopefully somebody got a laugh from that. Anyway, I had a question come in um, about street preaching. Is open-air street preaching biblical? And if so, do you think it is effective? And if so, would the street preachers still be subject to the rules set forth in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus chapter 1? And if you're not familiar with those passages, uh, 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, that's where we get the qualifications for the office of a bishop. Things like being the husband of one wife, etc. And as far as uh, the rules in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, I believe those are specifically talking to a pastor. I don't think you have to be a pastor to preach the gospel or to be a witness. And so uh, I think anybody ought to try to you know, fill those qualifications. But uh, I don't think that's necessarily something that, if, for example, if you uh, maybe don't fulfill some of those, that means you can't, you know, you don't have to go out and be a witness or you can't preach to anybody. I don't believe that's the case. I still think there's plenty of places where you can preach. Uh, also part of this question, is reading the Bible aloud in a public square 
considered preaching if one is not expounding on the words in a related spirit-led message. And so I guess when it comes to all of this, you know, how, uh, how would I answer this question? Well, Matthew chapter 10, verse 27 says, What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And then verse 28 says, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I think it's very clear in the scriptures that God wants us preaching, spreading the gospel wherever we can, however we can. You know, speaking from the housetops. That's kind of like what we're doing on the radio now. Whatever we can do to get the message out there, to reach more people with the truth, we're going to do it. Now, at the same time, I think it's important. Uh, I don't think we ought to just go all renegade when it comes to our preaching. A lot of street preaching, it's gotten a bad rap because there's a lot of goofballs that do it that just go out and pretty much act like idiots. And um, obviously we shouldn't do that. But, you know, anything that I do as far as my preaching, wherever I go, um, I do it, I guess you could say, under the authority or under the uh, umbrella of the local church. I Not only do I represent jesus christ as a believer but i also represent liberty baptist church i am not just some uh, renegade goofball out there that is just trying to promote myself and do my own thing there's a lot of guys out there that are just really about themselves and they can't do anything uh, through a local church because they're just too big of goofballs and no church would have them uh, no because what they're teaching what they're promoting is not necessarily uh of God, it's really promoting themselves. And so uh, I think it's something we need to be careful with. You know, don't go out there and be obnoxious. You know, have a good testimony. Whenever I go out and I preach anywhere, I try to remember that I represent Jesus Christ, but also I represent my local church. And I don't want to make my church look bad. And so I'm going to be very careful as to what my testimony is. And, um, and so as far as street preaching and stuff goes, uh, just going somewhere and reading the Bible, I think whenever you do something public like that, it's okay, but you need to do it decently uh, and in order. And I don't want to just come off as some you know, goofball that just really wanted to hear myself talk, and so I went out there and did my own thing. I think there ought to be some structure to it. And um, this message that we're preaching, it's serious, and I think we need to take it serious. And a lot of people that just go out and go wherever and do their own thing, part of their problem is they're not taking it serious. And I think it is something we need to be very careful with. So hopefully that helps you a little bit. And I encourage you to send in any questions you have or any subjects you'd like to hear talked about. Just email them to us at libertybc2011 at att.net, and we'll try to cover them on this program for you. So right now I want to just take some time to... Uh, I don't motivate some of you today and uh, maybe encourage some of you if you're already doing this. But I want to talk about taking responsibility with the written word of God. Taking responsibility with the written word. Taking responsibility is something that's not real big in our culture today. But it ought to be at least amongst the believers, amongst Christians in their local church. that You as an individual, you have a responsibility to... Get your Bible, dust it off, read it, and study it. Many people today, unfortunately, are just 
listening to whatever their preachers tell them. And that's not a good idea. Now, let me tell you, there's many passages in Scripture where the Bible talks about false prophets that were going to come in and bring in damnable heresies. And it's something we need to be very careful with. And in Acts chapter 17, verse 10, it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed also of honorable women which were Greeks, and of men not a few. Right there we see this group commended because they listened, they had a ready mind, they were wanting to listen and believe what they heard, but they made sure they searched the scriptures themselves to be sure what they were hearing was the truth. And I believe that's something that is lacking amongst believers today. They are going off just whatever they hear their preachers say. There are some people, they listen to TV preachers or maybe even a radio preacher, and they like that person, and they trust that person. They like the sound of what they're saying. They they like what they're saying. And so they will go ahead and accept it as truth when it could be a total lie. And truth is, you have a responsibility to check what people are saying with the Word of God. And we have no excuse not to do this today. We have no excuse whatsoever. You know, I'm very thankful in my church. Our folks, they bring their Bibles to church. And when I tell them, when I say I'm getting ready to read a passage of Scripture, whenever I'm preaching anything, I always use a lot of Scripture. And you know what they do? They read along. They follow along. I've got one guy in my church who uh, he, he can't see real good. He has a hard time following along there in church. But one thing he always does, he writes down every reference that I give, and then he goes home and he reads it. And you know, I don't mind that kind of accountability. I'm afraid some preachers today, they can get up and preach whatever they want, and they have no accountability from their people because their people are just as illiterate of what the Bible says as he is, and therefore, he's able to really take advantage of them. And that said, we have no excuse for that today. Bibles are very easy to come by. And the truth is, it wasn't always that way. In fact, you know, years and years ago, back in the, in the Dark Ages, um, unfortunately, the so-called churches of that day, or the so-called church of that day, took great advantage of their people with many of the things they got them to do. I mean, churches took over governments, they took over nations, and they taught things that were just absolutely false. And the people were kind of at their mercy. They had no way to know. They had no way to check up the truth. And unfortunately, um, the Bible was, they fought very hard to keep the Bible from the hand of common man because it was going to take the power away from the church. And there was a fella by the name of William Tyndale. And I, this guy, he's one of my heroes from way back. But you know, he was one of the men who was very instrumental in getting the Bible translated into the English language. He was This was before 1611. This was before the King James Bible. But there was a man who wanted Bibles in the hands of English-speaking people. Many In the Catholic Church, they always read the Bible in Latin which was very convenient for the leaders of that church because the common man, they didn't speak Latin. They didn't understand him. And so they could get up and say, we're reading the Bible, we're reading the Word of God. And the people had no way to check to see if they were being told the truth. 
And William Tyndale, I want to read a quote to you that I just think is great. But when he began to translate the Bible, he said, I intend to translate the Bible into English, and I will be burned at the stake for it. He began his translating in the home of John Walsh, called the Manor House. He was tutoring John Walsh's children, and John Walsh's house was a mansion, and the great room was used to entertain such people as Henry VIII and his wife Anne Boylan. He also entertained religious leaders. One time, while having the bishop for dinner, Tyndale and the bishop got into a heated argument. Tyndale arose and said, If God spare my life ere many years, I will cause a boy that driveth a plow shall know more of the scripture than thou dost. And then during many of the years when he was translating, he was persecuted and hounded. But in February 1526, he completed his Bible and smuggled it into England and the Reformation was on. The penalty with, uh, if caught with a Tyndale Bible was death and the least imprisonment. At this time, there was a great persecution in which hundreds of thousands were killed. And then finally, Tyndale was arrested in Brussels, Belgium, and placed in the dungeon where he suffered extremely. Here's a copy of a letter he wrote while in prison. I entreat your lordship that by the Lord Jesus, if I am to remain here during the winter, you'll request that I be brought enough of my goods to have a warmer cap, for I suffer extremely from cold in the head, being afflicted with perpetual cough, which is considerably increasing in this cell. A warmer coat also, for what I have, is very thin. My shirts are worn out. There is in my goods a woolen shirt, if you'll be so kind as to send it. I wish also to have a lamp for reading in the evening, for it is wearisome to sit alone in the dark. But above all, I beg and beseech your clemency to be urgent, that the Lord may kindly permit me to have my Hebrew Bible, my Hebrew grammar, my Hebrew dictionary, that I may spend my time with that study in the translation. Tyndale spent 18 months in the dungeon, and when he was burned at the stake, during that time, he won the keeper of the prison and many of his household. He won the guards who cried, Teach us about God and the way to God. Word came to Tyndale, uh, word came that Tyndale was to be burned, and the guards said, If William Tyndale was not a Christian, there's no such thing as a Christian on the face of the earth. Tyndale was chained to the stake and set on fire. In an act of mercy, they ordered him to be strangled before fire began to burn his body. As the soldier with a leather cord began to slowly choke the life out of Tyndale, he cried, O oh God, open the eyes of the King of England. And you know what? In 1611, the King James Version of the Bible was printed upon orders of the Kingdom of England. Right there, we see a man who just wanted the Word of God in the hands of common man because unfortunately the church, the Catholic church was completely taking advantage of people and nobody was able to check up on them. And you know what? Sadly today we have churches that are equally taking advantage of people and there is no excuse for them. There are Bibles everywhere. And I understand that the devil's made it difficult. He's got so many different translations and things out there that are just Horrible, but let me tell you, this is still the number one bestseller is the King James Bible. They're all over the place. You need to get one of those if you don't have one, and you need to read it. And whenever you're listening to anybody preach, you need to check up what they're preaching from that Bible, look, and make sure that it's true. It is the responsibility of the individual to learn the Word of God. 
2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If your preacher's lying to you today, and he's deceived you, you know what? You can't blame him. You have a Bible, or you have access to getting a Bible, and you should be reading it. And you should make sure that you never put man's word or a religion's teachings above what the word of God says. The word of God is the final authority in everything. Pastors and teachers should teach the truth, but no one can guarantee that they will. Matthew 7.15 says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Oh, you don't understand. These, my pastor, he looks so nice. He seems so nice. There's no way he'd lie to me. Listen, they don't dress up like wolves. They dress up like sheep. and But inwardly, they're ravening wolves. And we need to make sure that we check up what they're saying with the Word of God. If it does not line up with Scriptures, you have a responsibility to reject that teaching, to walk away from them, and even if necessary, call them out and Make sure you have scripture to back back yourself up. But don't don't do that. You have a responsibility. There have always been people that have used the Bible and used Christianity to control people. In Matthew chapter 23, says then uh, verse 1, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and his disciples, saying, The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works... For they say and do not. Those Pharisees, they were in control. They were in authority. And they would, a lot of the things they were telling them was true. Because they would tell them things from the word of God. And if it was from the word of God, Jesus said, do it. You know, listen. But he warned them, don't do after their work's sake. They're telling you the right thing to do. But they are not doing it themselves. They are not following it. There's a lot of preachers out there that they get up and they read some Bible. They quote some Bible. And if it's from the Bible, you ought to listen to it. But they are not following it in their own lives. And therefore, you should be very careful with those people. There are many uh, like that today. They were like that in Christ's day. And the truth is, these Pharisees and Sadducees that were the religious leaders during Jesus' day, they didn't even know the Scriptures. Matthew chapter 23, or 22, verse 23 so the same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection. They said there's no resurrection. They obviously didn't know the Scriptures very well. We see the resurrection talked about all over in the Old Testament, which today we refer to it as the rapture. But they said, no, there there is no resurrection. And then they went and they gave this goofy you know, example that you know Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry a wife and raise up seed to his brother. And they talked about seven brethren that had a wife. And they all died. You know, who was she going to be married to in the resurrection? And I like what Jesus said to them. You do err not knowing the scriptures. You're, you're wrong. You err. You're in error. Why? Because you don't know the scriptures. And there's a lot of preachers out there that I think are, have good intentions, are well-meaning. But, one of the, but their doctrine is completely off. Why? Because they just don't know the scriptures. I am shocked at how many preachers or how little uh, some preachers know about the Bible. It is astounding to me. And I I don't know. Maybe that's why the only thing some of them can preach on is, you know, don't judge, 
the woman taken in adultery, those you know same three stories that three or four stories that everybody likes. Uh, it's just they don't know the scriptures. They're too lazy to read through the entire Bible and to study the Bible and to rightly divide the word of truth. It, it takes some time. It takes some work. It takes some study. And they're not doing it. But, you know, many of history's dictators used religion to influence people. But none of these dictators practices lined up with the scriptures. For example, you know, even guys like Adolf Hitler, you know, he tried to use uh, you know, religion to get people hating the Jews. Well, if you study the Bible, you see that you shouldn't hate the Jews. You know, we shouldn't, we're not going to hate a race of people. We see that in the Bible that it's wrong to do that. There's no difference between Jew and Greeks. I mean, we, we, if you know the scriptures, if they would have known the scriptures, they would have known what he was teaching them was a complete and total lie. But you know what? Their followers who put them in power hadn't been studying their Bibles. They should have known better, but they didn't. And therefore, they were deceived. And many people who I believe followed after guys like Hitler or any dictator in the past, many of these people probably thought they were doing a good thing. They thought they were fighting for right. But the truth is they had been deceived into believing a lie because they didn't know the Scriptures. If they had just read a little bit of Bible they would have known that they were on the wrong side. But there's always been those who have been anxious to just have someone else do their job for them. See, that's why many people like things like priests and stuff. They look at them as, all right, you know, he'll take care of all the spiritual stuff for me. You know, he will uh, be my advocate to the Father when it's Jesus Christ that's supposed to be the advocate. You know, I'll just go confess my sins to him. Uh, you know, I'll make sure he does his last rites and stuff on me or whatever, and then I'll be taken care of. I'll be okay. Listen, our, our culture has just been, is we beg for someone to take responsibility for us and everything. Our culture is begging for the government to take over all their responsibilities when it comes to things like even providing for ourselves and our families. We want the government to do everything. And, you know, cultures have always begged for religious leaders to take over their responsibilities when it comes to their relationship and responsibility with God. Listen, your soul, you taking care of your soul, that's between you and God. You are going to have to do something about that. You, you can come to our church if you want, but you know what? I can't get you into heaven. I can preach the truth to you that can show you how to get to heaven, but you are going to have to call on the name of the Lord for salvation. You are going to have to confess your sins to Him, not to me. To the Lord, you're going to have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. And many people, I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to mess with it. And what a lazy, sorry attitude that is. But that's kind of where our culture is going today. But there's been many times in history when people didn't have a choice because they didn't have access to the Scriptures. And many religious leaders tried to keep it that way. But you know what? We don't have that excuse today. Thanks to men like Tyndale that helped get the Bible into our language. I mean, we owe these folks, guys like him, a great debt of gratitude. And, you know, sadly, many preachers today are doing everything they can to keep the Bible out of the hands of their people. For example, they don't encourage their people to bring Bibles to church. Uh, we'll just put the verse up on a screen for you. You know, that way you can't read the verses in, before and the verses after to see if they're taking some of these things out of context. You know, they... Uh, they will do some, I've heard of stuff that people do in churches where they'll be teaching on a subject and they will have everybody uh, read 
the same verse in all these different versions of the Bible, sometimes with even conflicting messages. Listen, the Word of God does not conflict with itself. There is only one Word of God, and if it says something different, it's because it's not the same. People try to tell me all, all Bibles are basically the same. No, things that are different are not the same, and you need to get yourself a King James Bible and just read it, trust it. We're not going to do that, have other people get up and read different things from different Bibles. Why would we do that when we have truth? Okay, why would we mix, you know, error with truth? It makes no sense. I guess that's a real popular thing these days. I've never seen it. I've never been a part of it. Don't plan on being a part of that. Um, I, I, I don't need to use another version. You know, I, mine is perfect. Mine is f absolutely fine just the way it is. And, uh, unfortunately though, it's like another way to confuse, another way to deceive, uh, another way to discourage people. You know, don't let make, don't let people know that their Bible is absolute truth. Don't let them find out that it is the final authority. Otherwise, uh, they might start believing the Bible over some of the things that you're teaching. And you see, God's Word, it protects us from falling prey to cults. Galatians 1, 8, 9, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Okay, you know, it's, um, you know how many cults have been started by supposed revelations from angels? Okay, the Book of Mormon was supposedly a revelation given to Joseph Smith by an angel when the Bible clearly says not to receive any other gospel, even if it comes from an angel from heaven. But yet, I guess for some reason, there's a whole massive religion of people who decided just to ignore that verse. And as a result, they, they are now in a cult, and they have fallen prey to a real weird cult, and that's pretty sad. But, you know, uh, God's word, it's our weapon to defeat the devil. The devil's a liar. He lies to us, and if you read Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, when Jesus was in the wilderness, we see Jesus, the way he fought every one of the lies of the devil is he quoted Scripture. Jesus himself quoted Scripture. That is the one tool that will defeat the devil every time. And listen, folks, we have no excuse not to, or to fall prey to lies, to fall prey to the cults. We have no excuse to be in a false religion. We have access to the Word of God today. And listen, if you don't have a Bible, call us up. We'll get you a Bible. We've got a lot of Bibles here, and we're not afraid to give them away. And we're not, we're not afraid if you read them. In fact, I believe the more people that are reading the Bible, the more they're going to be drawn to churches like ours because at Liberty Baptist Church, the Word of God is the final authority. We're not scared of one verse in it. We'll... We preach it all. We preach any of it. We're not ashamed of it. We don't shy away from it. We don't try to correct it. We don't try to, you know, twist what it says. We preach it like it is. And I hope you're in a church that does that today. And if you're not, I encourage you to get in one because this is the Word of God we're talking about. This is very important. And you have a responsibility. When you stand before God someday, you're not going to be able to blame your preacher you have access to the Word of God, and God expects you to get in it and to read it, and I hope you'll do that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. 
We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.